My name is Drew, if you don't know me, and um, I help lead the junior high youth group along with my wife, Megan, and uh, help kind of oversee, just transitioning into overseeing some of the different ways that we as a church can serve locally in, in mission and just in living life that looks more like Jesus by helping other people. And so um, it's really an honor for me to be able to come up here and, and share with you um, we're going to be doing something a little bit different than normal. Um, instead of starting with a scripture or a series that we've been going through together on Sundays and then talking at length about the finer meanings of that and preaching through to figure out what God might be saying to us, um, we're going to be sharing testimony. Now, the apostle... John, when he wrote his book about the revelation that he received from God, says near the end of the book that all the angels in heaven are prophesying about us here on earth and saying that they, us, believers, followers of Jesus, overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. The word of sharing stories about how God is at work in their lives and about how God is at work through their lives to impact the world and to restore the world, to be closer and closer to how God intended in the beginning, to be redeeming the world. So that's what we get to do today. And I'm not going to be alone up here. So I'm going to call my friends up to come on up here. Um, and they're going to introduce themselves to you. Come on. We talked about this at the beginning. You knew it was coming. Um, this is our, or most of our, San Diego missions team from our junior high youth group. Uh, two of our members are out of town this weekend, Jordan and, and uh, Tyler. And so they, they're not here, obviously. Um, but I want to introduce you to the rest of our team and have um, them tell you their name, their age, and what their home church is, because the cool thing about our youth group is that a lot of these students have been connected through school, either through our school or through going to different schools together and come together for our youth group, but their families are part of many different churches as well. And so it's actually a really cool thing that we got to go on this missions trip, almost as a delegation of joint churches working together to go and serve in San Diego. So your name, your age, and your church. Um, hi, I'm Mason. I'm 13, and I, my home church is here. You can clap for him. That's great. That's great. And Mason's going to be the only one you clap for. We'll wait till the end. So poor, poor Diego, don't clap for him. Um, no, no, that's fine. Let's wait till the end of them introduce themselves and we can clap for them all at the end. Go ahead, Diego. I'm Diego. I'm 13 and I go to Grace. Yeah. I'm Adam. Uh, I'm 12 and I go to First Christian Reformed Church of Artesia. I'm Lauren, I'm 13, and I go to FCC. I'm Amy, I'm 12, and I go here along with Diego and Mason. My name's Seth, I am 14, and I go to First Christian Reformed Church of Artesia. I'm Parker, I'm 13, and I go here. I'm Cruz, and I'm 14, and this is my home church. Yeah, thank you guys. You guys can go ahead and sit down. Appreciate you. 
They're going to be coming back up throughout the course of this, and a few of them are going to be sharing about different parts of the week. Um, but I wanted to give you a little bit of an introduction to them. The two members that weren't here, um, the, the top right corner is Lauren, but next to her in the blue jersey is Jordan. She went with us as well. And then the bottom right corner is Tyler. He and his family are on their way to Oregon today on vacation. And so there was 10 of us, plus my wife Megan and I. Um, and that, that's Megan over there. And she's 27 and she goes to this church. Um, <laughs> but um, it's okay. She's under 30. It's okay to say her age, right? Right? Am I? Oh, I have a lot to learn, folks. I have a lot to learn. Um, Hi, my name is Drew. Most kids think I'm 47. I'm 28, and I don't know if it's the lines in my face or the one gray hair I have, but man. Um, I want to share with you a few pictures about kind of an overview of our week, and, and then we're going to start telling some stories about the experience we had in our mission trip. So this is when we first got down to San Diego. We were staying at a church um, right outside of downtown San Diego um, in a city called Lakeside. And uh, us guys got to sleep out in their youth room, camping out on pads and sleeping bags and a few air mattresses. And the air mattresses got stolen at any uh, moment that they could be stolen. So the few people that brought air mattresses were being very defensive of their air mattresses. The next picture I want to show you um, is all of us on our first day. We were dressed in our new shirts that we got, ready to go out and serve. This camp was similar to some youth camps into which many churches got together. There's about five or six churches represented that all came together. About 60 people total were at this camp in our week, but there have been groups the whole summer, and our week was actually a little small. Um, but there were 60 people from a bunch of different churches, and we would come together and do breakfast and then like a morning devotional time as a whole group and sing some songs. And then at night, we'd come back together and play games and have um, more devotional time, a worship service, and have different experiential places where we could meet with God and learn about God and pray with each other and sing more music. Um, but during the day, instead of going out onto the ski slopes or um, doing paintballing in the jungle, like some, some camps might have, we went out and served at a variety of different uh, local places where volunteers were needed in San Diego. The organization that we worked with partnered with 70 different organizations over the course of the summer. And so we got to go to different places and help out in ways like take out trash. Um, my, my crew uh, went to a food bank for the whole week. Um, Megan's crew, they went to the San Diego Rescue Mission for the first day and then joined us afterwards. And they were folding clothes and going through the donations and getting it ready and really just helping out the San Diego Rescue Mission get ready. But then on the second day, we all came together and we helped do a bunch of food distribution. At the end of the month, it was the largest food, food distribution that Food Bank did every month was the last Tuesday of the month. And we'd pass out lots of fresh fruits and veggies to hundreds, and not even kidding, hundreds and hundreds of people. The line never seemed to end, and the food also didn't seem to end as well. So that's fantastic. We were helping carry bags of groceries to people's cars and offering to pray with them and, and get them set up for their groceries for that week. Other ways that we helped out was just by, um, oh yeah, then, then, there's, then there's selfies. Um, we, we, we helped um, clean up the, the food bank and mop their floors and stuff. We helped give 
food to, there's a, a reading program where children came during the summer and if they were part of the reading program, they got a hot lunch made for them. And so we, we helped on a variety of different ways um, during the week. And then we'd come back together at night and um, Megan and I got drafted into leading the worship for the whole week because apparently there's no one else there that did music. And so our group actually helped us lead the songs like they just did with motions and everything and got everyone jumping and singing. There's times together where we would join together for um, youth group devotions afterwards, and we would we'd gather around and go through our booklets together. And actually, it was cool because every different member of our youth group, we split into two different crews, but they had roles. There wasn't a single person that was like, yep, I'm just here. Everyone had a job, whether they were the person in charge of collecting the food for the lunches for their crew, whether they were the person in charge of going around throughout the day and just making sure, hey, do you need a break? Do you need a water break? Can I, can I help you with that? Or whether it's the person who was the Devo leader when we'd stop for lunch for our crew devotions or at night we'd do our youth group devotions. And the thing that I actually thought was really cool, our two quietest members were the Devo leaders. Um, and they really just stepped up in that. Um, and that was just an amazing thing to see how God worked through them. So I think those are all the pictures I wanted to show you, just to give you kind of an idea of the different things that we did. But I also wanted to pause real quick and just thank all of you. Um, if you bought a brownie or a cookie from us out there, you're the reason that we got to go on this trip. That was a fundraiser. If you dropped off your kids uh, for a night of babysitting um, and trusted a weird bearded guy and four 12-year-old boys to watch your child for a couple hours, <laughs> thank you because you're the reason that we got to go on this trip. If, if you bought fireworks from us, that money, we're one of the groups that we're fundraising for this trip. And so we just want to thank you. And also, if you're just a regular uh, giver at this church and you, you tithe regularly, you give offerings regularly, thank you so much because your gifts are enabling us to do amazing things in our junior high ministry, um, as well as the other ministries of just really seeing God transform lives. So thank you um, for helping us go on this trip. I want to call up a few students. We're going to tell you some stories about their experience. And so the first thing I'm going to call up is Cruz. And so Cruz is going to come up, and he's going to talk to us about one of the things that he learned on this week. So here, you have that. So Cruz, tell me, or rather tell them, um, what's, what is a, a story of how you saw God at work uh, during our week there? Well, basically, just during our crew devotions and our youth group devotions, just seeing how God is working through us to provide us with all the different answers. Yeah, absolutely. And getting to see how, hearing how other people were receiving and responding to what was doing during the day, you got to see, not just in your own heart, but through the rest of the group, what God is doing. That's awesome. Did, did, what did that teach you about God, or did that remind you something new about God um, in seeing that? Well, it kind of reminded me that everywhere you go, that God is always present in our lives. Yeah, Absolutely. And what about now, coming back home? Is there something that you can take from that to bring back into your daily life now? Well, I could share experiences with others. Uh, and especially since I'm going to high school this year, I could share my experiences with God with others. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you so much, Cruz. Let's just thank Cruz for that. Um, Cruz was one of our Devo leaders. And I'll tell you... Um, 
Cruz actually spoke, uh, Cruz went to Grace Lutheran School and, and he just graduated eighth grade a few months ago. And he, he came up here and, and shared a few paragraphs of his experience at Grace School. And I've known Cruz since he was in sixth grade. And I think I had heard him say maybe seven words total before that. And I went, holy cow, Cruz is so articulate. And then Cruz volunteered to be our Devo leader and throughout the whole week was facilitating the discussion and getting people to recognize where God was at work. And so you were rocking it, bud. We really appreciate you, man. And that was just really cool to see God at work in you. Um, one of the ways that we, we got to serve was at a food bank, as I was saying. And, and Megan's going to come up and share a story about that. But I want to tell you, this, this food bank, um, similar somewhat to what we do here at Grace, either by passing out lunch bags on Wednesdays or, or feeding um, the area needy on Sunday afternoons. Um, but they kind of take that and then multiply it by 10 and inject it with steroids. And their, their operation is run so tight and so smoothly that I think every day, Monday through Thursday, they, they give out food every single day and most of those days, there's between 60 and 100 people. And then once a week, they do a big, big distribution. And so we are there on a Tuesday. And Megan's going to share, you about, share with you about that. Uh, yeah, it was incredible. Our crew joined them on that Tuesday. We were at the rescue mission the day before, um, folding clothes relentlessly, unending. So they're great at folding and hanging up clothes. <laughs> Parents, don't be fooled. Yes. Uh, <laughs> But it was great to be there and join them for the rest of the week at the food bank, actually a church. Um, and as soon as we pulled in, you know, 8, 8.30 in the morning, there is lines around the corner as far as the eye could see of people just lining up to receive food. And so we knew we had to start bagging things and organizing and separating out the food, um, what was good from the bad, and just kind of preparing for that day. And we just saw the people already um, showing up. and. Um, it was nonstop for five, six hours, nonstop, people going through. And just seeing carts and baskets full of food that provided for their families was an incredible thing. And I know for me, I was thinking of the story of feeding the 5,000, and I thought, this is such a tangible example of me seeing this biblical story that we just read about, but seeing how it just it came and went and never stopped. And um, I was talking with a man named Larry, who's the deacon there that runs it faithfully. He is there. He's, he's an elder. Um, so you're just like, wow, this guy shows up every morning serving willingly um, and got to lead us and teach us what to do and what not to do. <laughs> um, but I was talking with him and telling him kind of how this just amazed me. And he said, there's so many moments for you know, each day that um, they're not sure if there's enough food. They, the people are still there and they're, they're running low on food. And he's experienced multiple times where a truck will just show up right at that moment and they'll say, we have extra food, do you want it? And he's been amazed by that. So it was incredible to see for us as um, a youth group that God provides in so many ways. So that was great. Absolutely. And what is the one thing that kind of recognizing in a new way how God provides? Is that teaching you something new that, that we've brought back into our daily life? Or how's that kind of affecting how we're trying to follow Jesus back here at home? Um, I think that it's a showing that God's power and his strength is more than us. So when we show up and we say, yes, let's be a part of what God's doing, 
it's just seeing his work, his provision, and his use of people to further his kingdom. So that was... Absolutely. Thank you so much, Megan. Um, <laughs> next time, she's just going to do the whole thing. Because that was... Thank you so much. Um, I don't have anything better to say after that. Um, I, I want to tell you guys, some of the other students are going to come up and, and share as well, but I want to tell you a story that really affected me. Um, on Tuesday afternoon and evening of the week, we actually had a night off, and that was where the youth groups, because they came from all over the country. There's a group from South Carolina. There's a group from Arizona. There's a group from somewhere up in the frozen north. Um, don't remember, but they, they all kind of converged together in San Diego, and so we were the closest local group, and so for everyone else, they were like, oh, we have a night off, let's go to SeaWorld, let's go to the zoo, and I had not planned ahead like that, and so I was like, yeah, let's go get dinner, <laughs> um, and our kids were, were going, wait, hey, but those groups, they're going to SeaWorld in San Diego, and I'm like, I am poor, so <laughs> that's not going to happen. Um, maybe next time we'll, we'll, we'll plan for that and we'll fundraise for that and that'd be great. Um, but we had a dinner and dessert planned. Um, and we were told um, very gently by the, the camp counselors that were there, these, these three college um, women who, who were helping us run the camp, they said, this is our one night off um, each week. And so please don't come back before 10 because we were really like, we love you guys, but just go, go, go and be out there. And so we, we went out to downtown San Diego and we were just gonna walk around a little bit before we grabbed dinner. And so we get there a little bit before 5 p.m. and dinner reservations are not until 6.30. So we have some time to kill. And so we walked and then we walked and then we walked some more and then we played a little Pokemon Go and then we walked some more. And um, I was worried because I'm like, you know, I remember when I was in junior high, but walking was not one of my favorite activities in the sun um, during the summer. And uh, people are starting to get hungry, and I'm looking at our teenagers out of the corner of my eye, wondering at what point are they going to turn on me and uh, <laughs> demand Del Taco or something. Um, but we had a good time just walking around and kind of seeing the sights and walking down to the pier area and up and over the convention center. Uh, Comic-Con had just finished, so there weren't as many um, weird-looking people to look at in costumes and stuff. Um, unfortunately, that would have been great to do. But we ended up making it to, to dinner, and we had reservations at the Old Spaghetti Factory, and that was a great time to just be together and share stories about what we had already been learning in the first two days of the camp, and to just have lots of really good pasta, like just so full at the end of that. At which point I realized there's a flaw in my plan. Because the next thing was dessert. And we were all stuffed. And there were still three hours left before we were allowed to go back. <laughs> so I, uh, I had, I had, my, my insecurity was already kind of leaping up and down inside me. I'd been like, oh man, other groups are going to SeaWorld and the zoo and stuff. And we just got dinner and I'm out of plans. And, you know, I did what every normal man does when their stress and feelings are going up. I stuff it down and ignore it until I have a heart attack at 47. You know, that's, right? That's what us guys do. We stuff down our feelings. Um, and we said, hey, you know what? We're going um, to go walk. 
So we walked around downtown a little bit more, and it's a cool part of town, and the kids were, you know, the students were having fun, and we were running around and, and uh, looking at all the different shops, and then I remembered, oh, hey, wait a second. I know there is an outdoor mall that Pastor John had actually introduced me to a few years earlier that has this outdoor area. I'm like, oh, thank you, Pastor John. Um, and I'm like, hey, guys, we're going somewhere because dessert was a surprise, which was really the last little piece. That I was like, if I don't tell them what dessert is, maybe they won't turn on me because um, it's coming, guys. It's going to be great. It's going to be a surprise. Um, and so we, we go to this mall and kind of walk around the shops and end up at this, this outdoor activity area where there was giant chess and giant checkers and giant connect four. And all the students are like, oh, yeah. And so they start playing. And I relax a little bit. Like, okay, we can stay here for a little bit. It'll give us something to do. And there's this thought, this thought nagging in the back of my head of being like, you know, we're supposed to be doing our youth group devotions sometime tonight, and we brought the little booklets. Um, maybe, maybe we should do that here, but I was like, oh, are other people around us going to be weirded out by that? And there weren't too many people around us, but it's a public mall and stuff, and so I said, you know what, let's do it anyways. Hey guys, gather around, let's do our youth group devotions. And we went through it together, and we were, we were talking about um, whichever story is that, at that part of the week. I think it was the story of the woman um, who, who puts the two coins into the offering while Jesus and his disciples are watching. And he looks at that and he tells his disciples, I tell you the truth, that woman put in more than any other people that have given out of their abundance. She is trusting God with what little she has, but with everything she has. And he's giving it to God to do with what he may. And so we're talking about that, about giving God even what little we have to see what he can do. And we're breaking up into prayer groups. And I just got to tell you, that uh, this is something our junior high youth group does all the time. Um, these students are getting better and better about just praying for each other and pushing through the awkwardness that that could be, that a lot of adults that I know don't feel comfortable going, oh, let's pray together out loud right now, just three of us or two of us. And our students just broke up and we're praying for each other. And out of the corner of my eye, I see this security guard lady kind of walking by and it's starting to get a little bit dark. It's maybe 8.30 or so. Um, and I'm wondering, oh no, like, is the mall closing? Are we supposed to... Are we, are we going to be kicked out of here? So I kind of see out of the corner of my eye. And, okay, guys, hey, uh, we should probably hit the road soon. Let's, let's gather back together and just close up to pray together. And so we do, and a couple of our students lead that prayer. And um, then she walks up to us, and I'm like, oh, no, okay. And she goes, so uh, who are you? What are you doing here? And I didn't know if there was some reasoning behind if we had stayed too long or done something wrong. I didn't know. Um, what was behind her asking. So I just answered honestly and said, well, we're, we're a youth group here um, on a missions trip. You know, and a couple of kids chimed in, oh yeah, we're helping, you know, at a food bank and stuff like that. And her face just lit up. And she said, I was a missionary for 14 years in London. And just in the last few years have come back to take care of my, my mother and um, my aunt as well. Um, and I was like, wow, that's so cool. That's so crazy that on our one night off from this missions trip, we happen to meet you. That's crazy, right? And she actually just said, you know, I've actually just begun in the last few weeks praying intentionally to try and see if I'm supposed to be going back on the mission field or not. I've been here for four or five years and 
I'm trying to discern if God is calling me back out into mission work. And so there's an opportunity there. And I think all of us in the group were kind of just stunned that what are the odds that we would meet a veteran missionary on our one night off from this missions trip and just seeing how cool God is that he orchestrates that. And so I just asked her, can we pray for you right now? And so we did. And our students gathered around this stranger and we prayed for her in the middle of a public mall that God would give her discernment, that God would speak vision and destiny into her life, that any of the things with family that she had come back to take care of, if those things were meant to not hold her back from that anymore, that they would find solutions and get figured out, and that God would bless her richly as she endeavors to follow him. And then she thanked us, and we took a picture with her. Her name was Gloria, and I've been thinking about her ever since, and it was just so cool to see that in spite of my lack of planning, in spite of my inability to figure out that dinner and dessert takes longer than six hours, <laughs> despite the fact that I had left my Devo book down in the car and had to borrow one of the students, God totally brought about a meeting an opportunity for us to just bless this woman that I don't know if we're ever going to get to see her. She's there in the white. I don't know if we're ever going to get to see her again. But in reflecting on that after, I'm just recognizing and realizing any time that followers of Jesus are willing to come around a stranger and just pray for them, let alone teenage students, that is a sign of God's work. That is a sign of transformation of lives, of being bold in that. And the funny thing is, at the end of this story, um, we ended up making it to the surprise dessert, and we went to the Ghirardelli Chocolate Factory, and got to gorge ourselves on sugar, and um, we're there eating and having the shakes and the hot chocolates and stuff, and um, one of our students, Diego, comes up to me with a little bit of tears in his eyes. I'm like, oh, wow, hey, Diego, what's going on, man? And he just went, Drew. This hot chocolate is a God sighting. <laughs> so there you go. But it's just really cool to see how God works through even our insecurities and our lack of planning, our weaknesses. He's able to show his strength. I'm going to call up one of our other students to share a story. Um, Lauren's going to come up and talk about um, one of the things that she experienced. Come on up, right here. Um, and so, Lauren, what is one of the things that stuck out to you from the week that where you saw God at work? Just how, like, kind everybody was to everybody. The different youth groups that were there and yeah. how they didn't know each other, but they were kind to each other. Now, what do you think that was that, that made that happen? Where... What did you learn about them or about God through that? Um, oh my gosh. That's okay. Um, did how you? Like God just like is, oh my gosh, like what I'm working through everybody. Just like, and they're just like so kind. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Did you feel shy at the beginning of the week? Yeah. Yeah. Lauren is the one member of our, our youth group um, or that went on the team that 
didn't just finish going to Grace Lutheran School. She goes to a different school. And so she came in super strong, super courageous, coming in to go to San Diego with a bunch of people that she kind of knew, but wasn't best friends from school with. And so you showed up. We're a little shy, not only with our group, but all the other strangers. And yet you saw God kind of working through them, just being kind and bringing you in. What is something that you're going to try and bring back into normal life from that, seeing that? Like helping out more and being more like kind and like just like not as shy. Totally. And seeing when other people are shy and maybe going to them. Yeah. Absolutely. That is so awesome, Lauren. Thank you. Thank you. That's great. A few other students are going to come up, and so I'm just going to have them come right up because their stories are better than mine. Amy, come up and talk to us about one of the things that you saw God at work through the week. I saw that everybody was excited to worship God through song, even though our weird bearded youth leader and his <laughs> wife were leading it, and everybody was dancing and singing and stuff. I really appreciate your tact. You are very welcome. You're uh, so encouraging. Um, no, absolutely. And so that's, that's different than normal, to be there and to see everyone actually excited about singing to Jesus? Well, I know some kids my age just hate going to church because there are boring old people talking to you about Jesus. Me. I'm boring and old. She means 28-year-olds. That's what she means. Older than 20 is wizened, wizened, um, yeah. Okay, and then also one of the things that I remember actually that you're talking about was at the end of the week, we're, we're talking about what is something that you learned about yourself from the week. Do you remember what you said? I like helping people. You found out that you like helping people. Totally. Is that going, has that already changed the way you're living? Is that something that you want to bring back with you to change the way that you follow Jesus? Sure. She already was in the kitchen this morning preparing the stuff for you guys for the barbecue afterwards, so. And her mother didn't make her come. And her mother didn't make her come. So, great job, Amy. We appreciate you. Thank you. I don't know why the, that show, Darnest Thing Kids Say, is why it ever ended, because... <laughs> Like, we need that to keep going forever. Um, one of the last students to come up is Mason, and he's going to share a story as well. And I love this story. So, Mason, you had kind of a general thought, but then you had a specific thought. So what is the way that you saw God at work through the week of our missions trip? Well, at one point during our missions trip, we were helping this one lady get food, but she was actually helping another person. So she was going to the church to get food for a ton of her clients, which I thought that was pretty cool. And also just the overall fact that God can use little groups like us to help in a big way. Yeah, totally. And that, that woman that we were helping, she was a nurse. And she was actually collecting the food for the people that she's taking care of at their houses. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, there's another time when you're actually helping someone bring groceries to their car. Tell me about that. Well, basically, we were helping this one man bring groceries to his car. And he did two things. The first one is that he was thanking us all the way out. And he was almost in tears. And then he also tried offering me and, well, Tyler, some change that he had, but we told him to keep it because we think, well, I thought that that was probably all he had and we didn't really need it. But I just thought that he was being really grateful about just the food that he was getting. Yeah, and you got to see kind of how you were a part of that. Now, did that teach you something new about God or remind you something or kind of teach you how 
um, God was at work in you? What, what kind of, what did you bring back from that experience? I kind of brought back that maybe I should be helping out a little bit more in just the community and such like that. And just how, even though I'm just one person in the like billions of people, I can still help out in many ways. And really just change someone's day. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Mason. That was awesome. We appreciate you. Now, the rest of the students um, aren't sharing, not because they didn't have stories, but because they don't really like standing up in front of people and talking, which I'm sure many of you can totally understand. But if you talk to any of our white shirts afterwards and tell a story or ask them a story from the week, I'm sure they would love to, to tell you about one way that they saw God at work um, or multiple ways that they saw God at work and some things that, that have changed in their hearts as they've come back. And this is one of the cool things that, that we have. And so um, I really encourage you guys. I love telling stories and I love talking about ways that I see God at work in other people. And this is something that we should be doing more as a church. This is something that we should be doing more in our homes and with our families is talking about what God is doing because it is such an amazing thing to see when God takes a person and changes their life or changes their circumstance or breaks in to their day in a way that only he can. I want to finish by telling you one last story, not about our group, but about um, another youth group that we met there. There is a youth group that was from somewhere um, up in the valley, um, Simi Valley area, and they had come down, and they, their youth group was about the same size as ours and about the same age range as ours, um, and they had three adults with them, um, one of the, the moms of one of the students, and then this um, older couple, um, Hank and Sue, um, who had grandchildren of their own, but the grandchildren weren't on the trip. They, they were there as, as, as adults for the trip. And I got to know them a little bit and got to hear about their church and their story because their youth group was paired up with us at the food bank, at the church that had the food bank, the whole week. So we got to know each other pretty well and get to know their kids. And the story that was so amazing to me was that three weeks earlier, so now a month and a half ago, their youth director, who was a woman um, who ran their whole youth group, had actually just retired. Um, and I think it was suddenly, I think either she had to quit for some sudden reason, but she no longer was her youth director three weeks before the mission trip that she was supposed to be leading with these students. And so all of a sudden, the pastor had to come before the church the next Sunday and tell them, you know, our youth director um, just quit. We need some people to be okay and agree to step up and help lead our junior high youth group on this mission trip to San Diego or it's not going to be able to happen. And they've been fundraising for months and getting ready and prepared for months. And so right now, it's not going to happen unless someone steps up. Now, Sue um, was singing in the choir that day and on the way home from church with her husband, she turned to him and, and just asked him. They talked about it the whole way home. And, and, and they were really sad that the trip had to be canceled. And so Sue turned to him and, and kind of made a decision in her mind and asked Hank and said, what if we agreed to take the kids? Now keep in mind, they had never helped out with youth group before. They didn't know these kids. They didn't know their names. They weren't even sure which ones were going on the trip. And Hank's thinking about these things. 
And he thinks a little bit more and he turns to her and goes, yes, absolutely. And so Hank and Sue said, sure, we'll get a couple rental cars, drive down to San Diego with kids we don't know, ages ranging from 11 to 17. It'll be fun. (laughs) And I was so amazed at their bravery, at their willingness, at their servant hearts. And, and they were asking me questions because they saw me as a youth leader at a church who had just led the music for the first couple of mornings. And they said, well, this guy must know what he's doing. <laughs> and so they had questions for me. So wrong. They were so wrong. They had questions. They're, oh, what are you doing? How's your youth group work? Oh, yeah, this just happened in our church. And I was like, wait, hold on. You never have ever helped out with youth group before? You don't even know these students and you gave up an entire week to come and be with them, and I was in awe of them. And then the conversation turned to um, how Megan and I are are thinking about the future and thinking about, you know, what it'll be like to to save up money to maybe get a home someday or start a family and the stress that comes with that because it's Southern California. I mean, the struggle is real, guys. There is only so much that, like, three part-time jobs can cobble together, okay? and so we were talking about this, and they, they just took the time and talked with me and talked with Megan the next day and gave us advice and told us the crazily small number that they had bought their house for, you know, 57 years earlier. <laughs> um, and I was like, oh, if only, you know, $17,000 or something crazy like that. Um, and and they, but they talked to us about budgeting, they talked to us about marriage, and they talked to us about raising kids, and I was able to, to talk to them about, it is so cool that you're here being spiritual grandparents to these students that you didn't know before, and by the end of the week, you could see the students coming alongside them and, and asking them questions and relishing getting feedback and encouragement from them and, and looking for um, um, affirmation from Hank and Sue and Hank and Sue just coming alongside these kids and knowing them by name. And I asked them um, on Thursday before we all left to go back home. So, Hank, Sue, you guys going to keep doing youth ministry when you go back? And they kind of laughed a little bit and they said, yeah, well, as soon as we agreed to take the kids, some other people from the church said, oh, so we hear you're in charge of the junior high youth group now. <laughs> and I thought, isn't that, isn't that like, that's so normal in every church. You say yes to one thing and everyone just assumes that's the guy. Um, And they were able to say, no, no, we're just helping with this trip. But I was able to encourage them and say, well, you know, it is so awesome that now you're going to be going back up home and these kids that you didn't even know their names before, you're going to know their names, you're going to know their story, you're going to have a shared story with them. These kids are going to be in church and have someone older than them who knows them, who cares about them, who connects with them on a different level, besides just their parents, they're going to be able to go up and be like, hey, Sue, how's it going? How awesome is that of a picture of the kingdom of heaven, of people who feel inadequate and unqualified just saying yes to Jesus and saying, you know what? I don't know how it's going to work, but I'm willing to obey. I'm willing. So, that just amazed me and, and really showed me God in the midst of that week. But what about you guys? Where are you at this morning? What are the things 
that is tugging on your heart? How is God speaking to you? We've heard stories. I encourage you to ask the students for more stories. They'll tell you about the Gerardellis. They'll tell you about the fun games we played. They'll even tell you about the different places that they got to see God at work in not only them helping, but others helping each other. But what is hitting you this morning? Maybe you feel like you're unable to do anything big because you're just one person. What can I do? I'm not able to do anything big and I have a big impact, but God maybe is reminding you that he can use small things to make a big impact. A couple weeks ago, Pastor Chris changed the colors of our Kairos cards. Yellow is one of those colors that catches attention. And I, I thought it was really appropriate because the, the questions in the back are saying, what's catching your attention? What's God saying to me? What is God tugging at my heart on? And then what is he calling me to do about it? And so maybe a question for you for this morning is, what is something small in your life that God is calling you to be faithful in? Maybe he's not calling you to move to a different country to be a missionary. Maybe he's calling you to a small thing and you go, no, I'm not going to do that small thing. It's not even going to have a big impact. But he's calling you to it. What is something small that God is calling you to be faithful in? Maybe you're like me in the story that I told about the Tuesday night that maybe insecurity is something that's jumping up and down in your heart and it's holding you back. Maybe, maybe you're so focused on daily details or the small things of, oh no, what's going to happen next? That we're missing God. We're not sure where God is. We're so focused on ourselves or on the details. But maybe God wants to show you that he's breaking through into every part of your life. I was just trying to make sure the students didn't turn on me out of hunger or boredom. But God said, I want to break into that public mall with a public security guard. I am Lord there. I'm going to show you. So maybe a question for you that you can chew on is what part of your life are you unwilling to let God be king? What part of your life are you maybe leaving him out of? that he wants to break into. Maybe there's something in your life that, that seems unrelated to you. You're aware of some issue. You're aware of some problem or some thing going on, but it's not really related to you because I'm not gifted in that area. Oh, the junior high trip's going to be canceled. Well, I don't do youth group. I did that. I raised kids. I'm a grandparent now. I'm, a, I'm an uncle now. I'm a retiree, I'm a hard-working father or mother. I, I don't have time for that. That's not where I'm gifted. That's not where I have the time for. It doesn't fit into my plans. But maybe God is calling you to it anyways because he has a plan. So maybe a question you need to focus on or chew on is where in your life is God calling you to step out of your comfort zone? Last one I want you to consider is maybe God is simply calling you to start serving others. I don't know about you, but I got back from this mission trip and the last three, live, three weeks has had a whole lot of life. Some ups and some downs, but also just a lot of daily rhythms. Normal to-dos. Chores and errands. My tasks and the never-ending list of tasks other people want me to do. Right? 
It's really easy to get so focused in just the day-to-day, and I just came back from this awesome trip. It's really easy to slip back into my comfort zone. And so the question I'm asking myself, but I also want to ask you, is where is it that you can serve other people simply because God asks us to? I mean, there's opportunities to serve at church by volunteering on a Sunday morning or a Sunday afternoon with good news. There's so many people that are coming in every afternoon and rotating through teams to cook and serve the area needy. Maybe getting involved in your neighbor's lives. I know it's crazy, but the people around you have names. Um, The people that live next door to you have a life too and have issues. And maybe God's calling you to step out of your comfort zone and get to know them and get involved in their life. What is it that God is saying to you? And what is it that he's calling you to do about it? God is so good because he cares for us as a whole creation and universe to show himself in so many huge ways. And yet he also cares for each and every one of us on an individual basis to break into exactly where our hearts are, exactly where our hurts are, exactly where we need some help to be transformed. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we need you in our lives. We need you to show us where you're at work and what you're calling us to. And so, God, I just pray that you just help us pay attention when you are speaking to us. God, I pray that you help us pay attention when you are calling us out of our comfort zone. And God, I pray that you help us pay attention when you are calling us to serve someone else. And if there's something else, God, that I didn't say but you're saying, we pray you open up our ears right now to hear you to feel you tug, to be willing to listen. In your holy and precious name, amen.